sights to show you. Hello, we are the Sirens of Scream, and welcome to our 78th episode, Death Positive. I'm Blue, and I'm here with my co-hosts, who I know are just absolutely smitten for the dead. Jackie? <laughs> That's me. And Sierra? You know, Blue, I've been dying to talk about this more <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Before we get into our topic, what have you brilliant babes been binging? Jackie? I have a few things to talk about here. First of all is the Radium Girls, which recently came out on Netflix. Uh, we talked about the uh, Radium Girls, the actual event, a long time ago on the podcast. It was an actual historical event that happened in the U.S. around the Industrial Revolution times. Well, I guess later, more like the early 1900s. But when Radium was... Uh, discovered by Marie Curie and put into production for every fucking thing and considered a, a miracle element. <laughs> it was used for so many things, specifically the uh, luminescent dials on watch faces. And those had to be hand painted, uh, those little tiny fine lines on watch faces. So they actually had women doing these paintings. Uh, they would make money just by sitting there painting these little tiny lines and numbers on watch faces all day. Ugh. And to get a sharper point on their um, brushes while they were doing these paintings, uh, supervisors recommended that they lick the brushes, the brush tips. Mm. Yeah. They specifically were told dip it in the paint, lick the tip, paint the, f the face like over and over again. That was the process that was drilled into their heads. To be fair, when anybody gives you the advice, just lick it. Yeah, make them at least buy a drink first. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting paid enough for that. <laughs> like, at, at least give them a little bit of a side eye here before agreeing to it, right? <laughs> but so uh, now, of course, in 2021, we realize the effects of radium and how this is just a truly awful idea. So these women were actually falling the fuck apart. Fucking nuts. No exaggeration that like their bones would just fall to like dissolve in their mouth. Oh my god, so it's like every anxiety dream. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like there are actual accounts of uh some of these girls just like seriously pulling huge pieces of their jaw bones out of their mouth. Ew. Yeah. There was a couple of pictures that you can find if you dig around enough where the girls had, like, no bottom jaw because it had completely decayed out. It's kind of crazy because, like, the, the entire idea of being a radium girl was kind of romanticized because they always had this, like, slight radium dust on them. They were talked about <laughs> as glowing. Mm -hmm. Like, they were, they were twinkling. <laughs> they were just, you know, so cute being radium girls. They're radiant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now their bones will glow forever underneath the earth. Yeah. Literally, you cannot go to their grave sites. They are radioactive. Girl, are you, you just got that pregnancy glow or you got a half-life? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> They've been making this movie for, for quite a while here. It stars uh, Joey King, who uh, was in the Conjuring movies, the Insidious movies. Like, huh. we've talked about her a lot. She's really making a name for herself in horror. And she's the main character here. Uh, she was actually pretty good in it, and the entire story in general was uh, done pretty well. Uh, they did actually even touch on the fact that the entire incident kind of shaped, uh, along with things like that 
triangle shirt waist fire mm-hmm. safety regulations in the U.S. and helped organize unions to start with. Yep. More workers' rights. Yeah. Yep. Which Blue knows a whole lot about. Yeah. It's unfortunate that a lot of people had to get poisoned and murdered. Or not murdered, but, you know, <laughs> dead by it. Yeah. No, a lot of them was worried, like, in the, the shirtwaist factory, when there was a fire going on, in order for the um, workers not to leave, they put bars in the doors and block them out, despite the fact that there was an actual fire going on. So, yeah, they were very murdered. Deeply fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. With the radium girls, it actually came out that the uh, owners of the company knew the effects of radium years before they even hired the girls mm, to do this. Of course they did. Yeah. Because America's has always been broken. Anyway, so the movie itself, it was, I feel like it was a little too light for the subject matter. Like it could have been a lot darker. It could have been a lot more important feeling because it was like a really important thing in our in the u.s history Mm -hmm. but overall like it is an interesting watch it is uh like a a decent portrayal of what happened there but i feel like it could have been a little bit better Hmm. either way it's on netflix give it a shot that reminds me um have you guys heard of how fiesta wear used to be radioactive yes yeah yes like it's a certain brand of like flatware that had uranium mixed in with the glaze, mm-hmm. which it just makes me wonder, like, what poisons are we ingesting <laughs> on a daily basis without even realizing? <laughs> and now Fiesta Wear is, like, stupid collective. Like, if you mm-hmm. get your hands on uh, some actual Fiesta Wear, a collector will pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars for that shit, which kind of makes you wonder why. Mm-hmm. Why do you want that in your house? Why are you collecting this? <laughs> Why are you dropping money on that? Trying to slowly poison your husband, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get that, you know, some people don't like their mother-in-laws when they come visit, but maybe there are better ways to deal with this. (laughs) Oh, oh, dearie, I noticed how you use the green dish every time I come over. (laughs) It must be because I like green. Uh Uh-huh, yeah, eat it, bitch. Whatever, shut up. Oh, so dark. Love it. (laughs) I mean, there are at least cheaper ways to achieve this. (laughs) (laughs) So another thing I wanted to talk about is I've been binging the fuck out of the show Mr. Mercedes lately. And um, this is a Stephen King project. Sierra, have you seen this? I feel like you would have seen this. No, I haven't. Oh, shit. You're going to love it. (laughs) So it's about this like very kind of wormy, skinny, lanky dude who works at a tech company. Uh, You know, this guy that like generally gives you the creepy sort of vibes when you go to take your computer into Best Buy kind of shit. Mm -hmm. He... (laughs) steals a Mercedes and runs it straight into a crowd of people intentionally for fun. And uh, a cop uh, who, or sorry, a detective who was assigned to the case is deeply bothered by this. Like he is quite traumatized by this particular scene. Like he's been on the job for years and years, but this one is the one that really got to him, you know? So they uh, go in circles on this particular case and, It just goes cold. But that detective just can't get it out of his mind. He eventually retires and then starts getting new evidence and new thoughts and new connections with Mr. Mercedes here. And it turns into this huge cat and mouse dance that um, has some incredible tension building for one, has some really fucked up ick factors that I'm just not even going to 
detail because I just <laughs> I just want that to be a big old surprise to everybody there. <laughs> but uh, overall, God damn it, it's been fascinating. We're actually like almost done with the second season now and the second season is where things switch from just being a murder mystery to also being a supernatural murder mystery what yes it's it's amazing i love it and the guy that plays mr mercedes was the same fellow who played uh dr frankenstein in penny dreadful oh okay yeah i can picture that guy God, he's amazing at it. Like, it's fucked up how amazing he is at being this character. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like if I ever saw this actor somewhere, I would just, like, instantly recoil in disgust because of him. <laughs> I gotta go. I, I don't know why, but I gotta go. <laughs> I think it's my new favorite show currently. Like, it's been a lot of fun in that really disgusting and creepy way. It's, it's yeah, you guys are gonna need to watch this one. Nice. And lastly, I want to mention a jewelry line, uh, Sophia Zakia, which you guys may have heard of before. She does these like, typically she does these really great um, celestial kind of designs that have become pretty popular and co-opted by like knockoff companies, you know? Mm -hmm. But she just put out this entire line of uh, horror jewelry and it is fantastic i keep seeing like oh no that's good oh no that's oh i need that you know right <laughs> it's bad oh these look good these are awesome there's a really good like uh ufo earrings yeah that and just look amazing there's a little ouija planchette ring going on mm-hmm. there and an entire line of uh tarot card uh pendants those and, are cool which i absolutely adore um but my favorite 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 thing uh, go up to the top of the site there and click on the new in the in the menu bar. Mm-hmm. She has these Medusa inspired pieces right now. For one, Dude. there's a Medusa dis- decision making coin, and like it's it's weird that I don't have it already. Honestly, it's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also um, a Medusa head that is like broken in half, like a BFF kind of. Pendant thing. Blue, if it wasn't like $800 each, I would have already caught it for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, these things look like a good investment, though. I know, right? They're so gorgeous. I love them so much. Mm -hmm. These are really well done. I want all of it. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Now the rest of the show is just us going to be looking at the website. So sorry. Mm -hmm. Thanks for tuning in, listeners. We're done here. We're done. Sierra, what have you been up to? What are you looking at? Um, I have a couple of things to share that um, uh, they kind of go together really well, just in their tone. Um, the first one, I've been listening to the podcast Let's Not Meet, which we might have uh, mentioned on this show before. I've listened to that before. It's creepy. <laughs> just to give a little uh, synopsis, it's like um, using a Reddit thread. I think it's from a Reddit thread called Let's Not Meet. And yeah. it's just stories of like, almost like brushes with death or like brushes with like really weird creepy people terrifying people yeah Hmm. and they run from like kind of supernatural ghosty and weird and like or like doppelganger like that kind of realm like paranormal and then into just like true crime or like like just weirdos like people living in the walls kind of thing literal serial killers Actual serial killers, yeah. <laughs> it has like kind of a creepy pasta vibe. Like it really scratches that itch for me. 
So I, I went back to the beginning of that uh, podcast that I've been listening. It's good background too, because it's like short snippets so that as I'm working, if I like miss something, you know, then it's going to be a new story soon anyways. <laughs> yeah. Similar to that, I've also been watching a show called Paranormal Caught on Camera. What? Where's that? <laughs> it's so good. It's on. I'm watching it on the new Discovery Plus app. I want to say it's like Travel Channel or one of those, but it's uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's paranormal videos. It's like it does all the work for you. You don't have to go down the YouTube holes. It just like lays it out all all with these like uh, very quippy pun names, like like how they do in like um, that show Thousand Ways to Die. It kind of has that same like playfulness to it. Nice. It's everything I've dreamed of. <laughs> yeah. It's like ghost videos and cryptids. There's some very compelling Bigfoot footage. Nice. Might I say <laughs> UFOs, all kinds of weird stuff. I, I've been really enjoying that one. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that I wanted to share. Ooh, I'm going to have a hard time saying the name of it. <laughs> Zymoglyphic Museum, I think. You nailed that. <laughs> Thank you. Z-Y-M-O. Glyphic. Um, their website is zymoglyphic.org. And this is a weird little museum that I just learned about on Instagram that I'm really hoping survives the quarantine. It's the only institution devoted to the study and display of art, artifacts, and natural history of the Zymoglyphic region, which as far as I can tell is completely made up. I was about to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all like weird taxidermy and dioramas, all kinds of weird art stuff. Cool. If you go to their site and scroll down a little bit, they have some online stuff that uh, is fun to poke around in. If you're feeling like, oh, I want to go to a museum and I haven't seen anything in so long. (laughs) (laughs) This is really cool. It was the the flightless spiny birds that first led me to believe something may be amiss here. (laughs) (laughs) i love it this looks so good Mm -hmm. there's some eyeball plants which are some of my favorite got some fiji mermaids going on here Mm -hmm. big fiji mermaid kind of vibes to it hell yeah i think it's called the museum of jurassic technology in la if anybody's been to that it's very like kind of similar Hmm. made up kind of thing that's presented as real that sounds fun and it's like kind of weird I'm really hoping uh, someday soon it'll be safe to take a little trip down to Portland and do some on-the-scene investigating for all of us. (laughs) Please come back with video. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Most of the things that I've been looking at or watching lately, um, we're going to talk about later in the show. But last month, one of the Discord groups that I'm in, we were talking about subscription boxes. And then, of course, I got hit with an ad for Loot Crate's horror-themed subscription box, Loot Fright. I Googled it for reviews to see what people were saying about them. Apparently, Loot Crate went downhill for a while. People were getting, like, really poor quality objects or their orders weren't being fulfilled at all. Really? But apparently they filed for bankruptcy in 2019, got bought up by another company a few months later who supposedly have turned things around. So I figured, what the hell? They had a really great coupon code, which I'm a sucker for, so I went for it. (laughs) The first box that they were advertising, I think, was, like, aliens themed which as you guys know i'm a total sucker for plus they had on uh like an add-on bonus box and it was featuring like a trucker hat and a t-shirt that said something like i break for cryptids (laughs) which i definitely (laughs) need in my life nice i have not received the box yet i know 
COVID's got a huge delay on some businesses and the postal service is still struggling even after the holidays. So I totally understand my box was supposed to be shipped out, I think like a week ago, and I haven't heard anything from Loot Crate, which is making me a little nervous. I know they have a thing on their website that said like, be patient because of X, Y, Z, all the things I just said. Mm -hmm. So I'm being patient, but I'm a little nervous. (laughs) And at the same time, I was like, damn it, I really want, I want that subscription box itch fulfilled. And I looked at a couple of other ones and most of them are kind of sold out right now or just not available. And I think because of COVID. So Hmm. I'm being really patient. But if you guys have any other subscription box suggestions, I'm all ears for right now. The one that I like is called Goddess Provisions. Oh yeah, that's the one where you got like the teacup and stuff, right? Yeah, it's like witchy kind of stuff. Their stuff always looks good. Yeah. Like that, that looks like a good quality box. It does, yeah. And they have lots of neat themes. So it's fun to like have the curation too. Oh, nice. I like that. I like the themes because then it's like, okay, I know for sure I'm not going to be into that thing. So I'm just going to skip it. Mm-hmm. Super helpful. Yeah, totally. But it's not exactly like horror, I think, in the way that this Loot Crate one would be, which sounds very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for when it does come. You know, I like the paraphernalia behind some of my favorite movies like Alien, Ghostbusters, you know, like all those old ones. I'm hoping that they incorporate some new ones like with the Ghostbusters coming out this year. I hope that they have a box that's kind of focused on that. Mm-hmm. Super looking forward to it. Hoping, hoping. But at this point, I'm a little sus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it comes through. Fingers are crossed. So for the next part of this episode, we would actually like to give a trigger warning. This episode contains discussions of death and afterlife care. If you are unable to listen to today's show, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Please revisit some of our old episode or be patient. Our next show is on its way. We actually have some mini shows in the works and we'll be coming out a little sooner than just our normal episode. Today's topic is huge. It was so very difficult to try to narrow it down to so many topics, but I think we did a pretty good job. Death Positivity was popularized by Caitlin Doty, who had the Ask a Mortician YouTube series. The Death Positive movement isn't about being excited that grandma's finally dead. It's a social (laughs) and philosophical movement that encourages people to speak openly about death, dying, and corpses. It also fights back against cultural appropriation, systemic racism, anti-LGBTQ sentiments, and general fear and lack of preparation for the ultimate unlifing. It also encourages people to express their feelings about death through art. Doty also launched Order of the Good Death, a nonprofit collective, after reaching out to funeral professionals, artists, and others whose uh, works have involved shifting our overall culture of death phobia towards talking about and preparing for their mortality. I first heard the term death positive a few years ago. It was used in reference to a game called uh, Mortician's Tale. I think it was actually with you, Jackie. Yeah, we actually had uh, Gabby uh, D'Arienzo who made that game on the show. Nice! I think I missed that one. (laughs) But I would honestly be surprised if anyone else hasn't heard about this game at this point. But just in case you've been lost at sea for the last few years, the game takes you through the workday of a recently graduated mortician named Charlie as she checks emails, prepares bodies for viewing and cremation, 
and attends services at the Rose and Daughters Funeral Home. The game is designed to be as realistic as possible, encouraging the player to meditate on death, grief, and mortality. The game is educational as well as describing other options for afterlife care. For example, water cremation. I had no idea that was even a thing. Yeah. Traditional cremation uses high-temperature combustion in a specialized chamber to reduce human remains to ash. Hydrocremation mimics the natural decomposition of a body when buried underground. It uses water pressure, heat, and highly basic additive, like pH 14. Uh, Water cremation is way better for the environment. It uses one-seventh of the energy as traditional cremation. And with all that in mind, it definitely had me reconsidering how I'd prefer to be handled when I'm de-lifed. I really want my corpse to be attached to a drone and do the whole weekend at Bernie's thing. But I looked into that and that's actually illegal. Especially if you want to like cross state lines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But like with our modern technology, it's just like so much easier to weekend at Bernie's these days. Right? Yeah, seriously. I could get a drone for each of my appendages and then I could like wiggle around like it would be way more likely. Seriously. (laughs) Do you guys have any plans for what you want done to your sexy ass corpses once you've been yeeted from existence? Yes, my plans are very detailed. <laughs> and this is this is now uh, Jackie's living will. Drew, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. take notes. So I would like for my uh, skull to be removed and cleaned and, you know, all nice there. And for the rest of me to be uh, turned into uh, two black diamonds or, yes. you know, black gems. And to be fixed inside the eye sockets of the skull. (laughs) And then I want to be placed on the mantle of my husband's, you know, he's going to outlive me. There's there's no doubt about that. (laughs) (laughs) My husband's mantle for the rest of his natural life. And whenever he dies, I would like to be passed down in a family. Not necessarily my family. I don't really care. (laughs) somebody's family. (laughs) Drew's like an old man. He's like, hey, kid, come here. I got something for you. Because, you know, when he gets old, he's just going to get an accent for no good reason. Of course. like Naturally. He's on the way already. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'm not sure exactly how or who you're going to be able to get to decapitate your body and clean out your skull for you. I'll do it, Jackie. I got your back. BFFs, even in death. Amazing. I have a couple of things that I've actually like just kind of recently learned about. One is similar to the uh, hydromation, aquamation process. There's something called natural organic reduction. Um, which is a very fancy way of saying turned into soil at a faster rate than if you were just decomposing. (laughs) There's an organization here in Washington called Recompose Life that has a very uh, nice branding and nice website to go and explore, but they do ecological death care. I might be talking out of turn because this is like, I heard about it and I don't know exactly my sources, but I think that this whole process used to be used by like uh, farms and stuff for, for, for animals, but wasn't ever allowed for human bodies, even though it's like a very um, eco-friendly and like the soil that comes out of it is like incredibly helpful. But now that the, now this organization has been like pushing for the legislation and stuff to go through, 
for it to be available for humans. And I think that sounds really nice because they they let you take a little bit of the soil for your family to have. So that still kind of gives that like you can take it and plant it somewhere and have a place where people can go and think about you. That's awesome. But then you also get put back into this forest, which like inspired their whole business, which I think is very nice. That's actually if, you know, the whole skull with the gems thing doesn't work out. That's kind of my backup plan. Logistics, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that or uh, the tree pods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. I think a very similar kind of idea. Mm-hmm. I love the tree pod idea. I actually, when uh, when my bunnies pass, we um, we because you know we take in a lot of like elderly infirm bunnies. They eventually <laughs> pass. Um, when they pass, we bury them in the yard with a plant that, like, I I feel reminds me of them, so that they can turn into something else. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, when we're about to move across the country here, I am going to dig up the plant. That was with my little Omar. Yeah, take him with you. And he's coming with me across the country. <laughs> yeah. That's that's really nice. I like that you're able to take him with you. Because like a tree is kind of hard. Yeah. After a while, at least. <laughs> 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 the other thing, I forever ago heard this episode of the podcast Criminal. I just looked it up. It was episode 68 called All the Time in the World. And it's about body farms and the science of um, what's the word for like detectives? Forensic. Forensic. There you go. Thank you so much. <laughs> Putting bodies out into different environments to see how they decompose under different climates and stuff. You would donate your body and then you go and you are out in a field for a while and then they give it back to you once they learned everything they needed to learn. Which is really cool. It also seems like a nicer way than there's... Uh, flat like donate my body to science because you don't really know <laughs> I don't know exactly what that means or where you would end <laughs> up but <laughs> I think that the the uh, body farm is a little more specific at least yeah so the body farm thing um, is actually why I'm an organ donor because oh, many yeah. many years ago you could just simply be an organ donor and if the body farm you know, was like at the right hospital at the right time, I guess. They could take your entire body. Uh, now it's a little different now um, because the body farm thing has become so popular and people will just will themselves to the body farm. And I don't mean like will as in like sure gusto. I mean like... <laughs> Write it into their will that they have to deal with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's so popular to do that. The body farm is actually a little overrun with like they can't take anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously still an organ donor because I don't need this shit. What are you going to do with it? Turn it into a diamond? <laughs> yeah, Mike. I come back from the dead. I'm like, I'm like, well, hey, man, that's my eye. I, <laughs> can I have that back? I need to see where I'm eating. I'm sorry. Thanks. Sorry, lady. I'm totally spacing out and like fantasizing about needing an eye donation and how I could have two different colored eyes. <laughs> Ooh, isn't there a horror movie, too, about like a girl gets... I think it's called Oculus or something like that. Like she gets transplanted eyes and then it, she can like see ghosts. Oh, that's cool. I think I've seen one where like the guy got a heart donated or something and it was the heart of a serial killer and then he wanted to start killing people or something. And then I think there's a Simpsons parody of that too. <laughs> With nice. Homer, Homer gets hair. <laughs> and then there's the show on Netflix Chambers where a girl gets another teenage girl's heart and starts becoming her. Hmm. 
I think we might have to do a show on um, donated body horror movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Didn't realize it was such a rich genre. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is an interesting, like, because I feel like the kind of norm is to separate, like, the spirit from the body in death. So to have your soul or whatever be linked to your body part that's now like repurposed is interesting yeah i wanted to ask and along with um what you want done after your body if either of you have thought about what would be your like ideal death if you had complete control over you know lived a full healthy life and you could choose what was the last thing that you saw or heard or felt or smelled i'm a wuss i want to go in my sleep Mm, i think that that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, obviously I would like to be like with my husband and my dogs, you know, like petting and then drift away. Yeah, that would be ideal. That actually sounds pretty perfect, except swap dog for bunny. Mm-hmm. All the bunnies. <laughs> just, just pile the bunnies on the bed at that yes. point. And like, I'll go happy. How about you, Sierra? I don't know if there's, I mean, I would love for, you know, to be surrounded by friends and loved ones. But then I also think, well, maybe it would be nice to die, like to have some privacy during that moment, too. So I'm not sure about that. But that specific question uh, came up in that death doula class that I took last year um, that I love to keep talking about because it was really, really lovely. That whole just concept was something that I'd never really thought about because it's always like what's going to happen after the actual death i and i also feel like the end of life is very like how do we make everybody around the people feel good rather than how do we make the people dying feel good yeah and it made me think like it would be really cool if someday i had like a mother-in-law suite or something like that that like almost as like an art installation to be able to give someone like what would be their ideal place to die huh that would be incredible i think that would be really cool because then you could be like i want to i want to be on the ocean like on the beach and you could like have sand in there and like simulate yeah and like have the lighting and the smells and the sounds that would be really incredible yeah doesn't that sound cool it sounds like a nice like not like a business really but like a almost like an art project i love it it's kind of the only way that i saw myself doing that like death doula actual actually being in that role. Yeah, otherwise that would be really difficult. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, maybe in my future. Now you get my brain churning on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, since the release of our Mortician's Tale, death-positive games have been getting more attention. They're great for self-journey or even introducing kids to the concept of death. Uh, one game that I have actually started playing uh, yesterday is called Felix the Reaper. This is a romantic comedy game about the life of death. It was released in 2019, made by Kong Orange, and is designed to open up the player to the death-positive movement. Felix works at the Ministry of Death and is in love with Betty the Maiden from the Ministry of Life. Felix becomes a reaper in order to one day meet his love and teaches himself to dance to impress her. First of all, this game is narrated by Sir Patrick Stewart. So right there, just fucking fork over the cash, ladies. It's Yeah, like yeah. Sold. Yes. But otherwise this game is so freaking cute. Like it's a puzzle game. Um it looks really amazing and whenever you go to make movements, Felix the Reaper is just like dancing the entire time. 
very cute. I'm not too deep into the game just yet, but uh, the artwork's great. The hints of him like looking around every time he finishes a level to see if Betty might be there. So freaking adorable. (laughs) It's so good. Another one is called Spirit Farer. In this game, you ferry spirits of the dead to the afterlife, and part of your role is to comfort them in their journey. The game is done in this really beautiful, like, Saturday morning cartoon meets watercolor style to encourage seeing death in a better light. It's a little trickier than you might assume. There's a lot of reading, a lot of conversation, so if you're not into that type of gameplay, probably just avoid it. But otherwise, it is very much worth the investment, the time that you have to take to really get to know each of the characters and take them to the places that you need to take them to and really emotional game. And you wouldn't think that playing it, but it um, it really is. Another one is Gravity's Ghost. This is a physics-based puzzle game, which is really awesome, in which you play the ghost of a young girl reuniting animal spirits with their physical bodies. Aww. Um, that's delightful. And uncovering the story of your death and the deaths of the animals that you are helping. Bonus points for flying through a fantastical version of space with your friend who is a fox ghost. I'm not crying, you're crying. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cute. The game style reminds me of those paper dolls, like if you had them on Procreate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the description alone with the animals and everything is 10 out of 10 adorable. Um, you start the game off by jumping off of planets and collecting stars to get the con- feel of the controls, and the tasks just kind of get more difficult from there. But it's super cute, and I think it would be a really great game um, to help kind of teach kids life and death and that kind of thing. I'm, like, not sitting here buying this on my phone right now or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's super cute. The artwork is really great. Uh, just really pretty, nice, vibrant colors. The animals are stinking cute. So definitely a good one. And there's a lot of other death positive games. Um, there was another one, and I can't remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but it was one where the characters have to deal with someone in the family getting cancer. And um, and it's actually a child, a very young child. The game is called That Dragon Cancer. Hmm. The creators basically lost their baby to cancer so they kind of created this game to help other people work through it. And they also made it as a tribute to their kid. Doing a quick shift from games to shows, Jackie has me watching The Good Life, which is obviously really fun. Everybody's heard of it. I hope it's a show that sort of addresses uh, what the afterlife might hold for people. Do you mean uh, The Good Place? Oh, The Good Place. Okay. I was about to say. (laughs) All right, the good place. The good place. But yeah, the good place is delightful. And it it really does like delve into uh, weird beliefs on what the afterlife is like. And uh, like it's it's a comedy and so it's fucking hilarious. But it it also really does delve really deep into these different beliefs here and how they might play out. Not in a serious way. But in a very fun way. It's very lighthearted, um, good, wholesome ish, <laughs> fun. <laughs> Network television. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then the other one uh, is Upload, and it's on Amazon Prime. It's incredible. It has this like post apocalyptic future vibes. It's kind of goofy, like the, the good place. Um, it kind of, it's serious. It addresses classism. It's also sort of a murder mystery. 
I really love it. I'm really hooked. They've only had one season and they're uh, set for a second season. So hopefully that'll come out soon. But essentially what happens is the possibility of you uploading your spirit to essentially a server becomes possible and you can live out eternity in this simulation, essentially. It's like you're walking sim. Yeah. Would (laughs) either of you want to do that, though? (laughs) That sounds awful. (laughs) I know. Like, I I have actually contemplated this a lot and I have I don't have any answer to that right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I agree with you, Jackie. Like, I like when the idea of the show first came up, I was like, yeah, maybe I, you know, and then the more that you watch it. So like part of the appeal of uploading yourself and part of like the advertising behind it on the show is that like all the things that you really maybe couldn't get in life, now you can have it and you can communicate with your loved ones who are still in the living world. So it's not like you're cut off. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you had like a terminal illness or something that you knew that you weren't recovering from, but you still wanted to spend time with your family and like see your kids grow up or something. And then that was something that you could do. Yeah, it's it's like a lot more interactive than a vanilla sky type of situation. where. Yes, exactly. And they have some compelling reasons. Like they have compelling arguments as to like why uploading your consciousness might actually work out but at the same time it's very much like only rich people can afford the really good afterlife and if you're not very rich what kind of a quality of afterlife are you really giving to yourself just to see your kids grow up yeah it's like genuinely miserable to the point that it mimics some of the worst parts of life which really brings a lot of questions like yeah So I really dig it. It's a really good show. Totally, totally recommend. And then one of my favorite death positive influencers is mod underscore mortician on Instagram. Through her is how I found out about the um, nutrient soil place that you talked about, Sierra. Mm -hmm. She features a ton of like green funeral, funeral processes. She's the first person to have a therapy dog for her funeral home. That's amazing. Which, that makes so much sense. It really does. Like <laughs> Right? It, it Brilliant. Like, like, and it's because of that, like, there are a couple of funeral homes that I have, like, picked up and they're start, starting to do that, too. But how genius. Like, what is the most perfect place to have a furry companion that you can, like, sob into their, not that you want to sob into some stranger's fur, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's so helpful. It's so sweet. Yeah, like, how has this not been thought of before? That's so brilliant. One that I follow, her handle is The Grave Woman, and she is an educator and um, funeral director and embalmer. Um, she's a Black woman, and she teaches about how to care for Black bodies after death, since that's, like, not covered in curriculum at all. Yeah, you don't hear about that at all. Yeah, like the standard is just on white skin, but like how you deal, how you handle black hair and and makeup and all that to look realistic is like way different. Yeah, you never see that. Huh. Yeah, and it's just one of those things that like, yeah, you wouldn't think about unless it is affecting you directly. But her Instagram is really great. She also does like classes for morticians and professionals awesome yeah she's a really she's a really good follow and another great follow on instagram is a casket maker actually 
I think it's pronounced pahiki, P-A-H-I-K-I. Pahiki Caskets is their handle. They make all of their caskets from salvaged trees, and they do a lot of education about how harmful traditional caskets are. Nice. Yeah, because they're like... Even if it's just like a viewing casket that's not actually buried, it can't be reused or recycled. So it just ends up in a landfill. And they also, jumping off of that, do education about like how embalming um, practices and that kind of thing just puts so much toxin in the soil Yeah, with traditional burials. And the stuff that they make, the, the caskets that they make is just so beautiful, the woodwork that they do. Um, very simple um, and like minimalistic, but very beautiful. And then one other thing that I'm very excited to tell you all about, there's a group called Radical Death Studies. A collective for Radical Death Studies is an organization formed to decolonize death studies and radicalize death practice. Nice. In October, they had a series of, I think it was called Reclaiming the ghost story or some some combination of those uh those words uh but it was like telling ghost traditions and beliefs uh beyond just here in white america um and so that was really great and this year or this month for black history month they're doing african-american death ways and death work um so it's every weekend of february there's a uh a talk that I've I've signed up for and I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I saw in your notes um, that you were going to talk about this and I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. So I went and visited the site and um, I get paid tomorrow. And as soon as I do, I'm signing up for that because it sounds so cool. Yes, let's all do it together. It's only 30 bucks for all of it. And it's actually Saturday and Sunday um, of each weekend. I'm assuming it's going to be very similar. It looks like it's set up the same way as the other ones that I went to. And they they do a good job of making it a conversation, but also no pressure at all to participate. Like there's enough people there that you don't feel awkward for not participating. Huh. All of the hosts are just like really smart people who just have a ton of resources and they like, you know, reference books here and there. And I always come away from it feeling like, OK, I have a bunch of new things to read. That's very cool. Kind of on the subject of of this, I'm excited to learn more about the history of Black funerals here in America and how they've been, um, like, not in so many words, outlawed. Like, just how racism has uh, shaped how we um, handle afterlife. Like, not letting Black people congregate after. I feel like I'm not doing a good job explaining it. But uh, just because like deaths were like such a moment of energy and transformative like justice almost like coming together that that was so dangerous to white supremacy. Like it became another aspect of uh, systemic racism, basically. I never really thought about it, obviously, but like I've been reading up more about that kind of stuff. And like when you go into a funeral home and like how all of the advertisements advertise old white people And a lot of it is just focused on that sort of class and um, that type of, you know, people and how a lot of that stuff just isn't accessible even to people of color and black people. And it's just that, like, just even just thinking about it just blows my mind. Like, at one of the times that you're 
at your most vulnerable state losing a loved one (laughs) and you can't get help like that's fucked up. Yeah. And then putting restrictions on doulas or midwives or or those kinds of, um, you know, more accessible um, non-traditional practitioners, putting restrictions on like it's not going to be dangerous for someone to touch a body after they've died, like to prepare and do like a home viewing. But that's so like um, kind of frowned upon or forbidden because it's so, like supposedly some kind of health problem or like if um, after somebody's passed that it's like only a certified uh, funeral director can touch the body. Yeah. Just putting those restrictions on is really icky. Lame. Yeah. I am excited to have more options in like afterlife options too. I feel like we're seeing the trends towards more eco-friendly and more like open to different um, cultural traditions. For sure. Yeah. It always kind of bothered me that you only had like two options, which was like be buried or, or be cremated. Be ashes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like even as a kid, I feel like I was like, Really? That's my two options? Like all the like we have fucking cheese whiz. We have cheese that comes out of a can. <laughs> yes. Like and I've but got I can't be turned into cheese that then comes out of a can. <laughs> yeah. Send me out like Prometheus, like just chain me to a rock and let them peck peck at me. Oh, I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> it's cool. I really like the death positive movement, obviously, for all of these reasons. Like the more that we can be knowledge like knowledgeable and informed on our decisions and helping to become allies for people who need assistance and shit like that. Like that's, it's big. Yeah. And being more excessive and, uh, or sorry, accessible and uh, inclusive is always a good step. I don't know. That skull idea is a little excessive. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I love it. I'm totally stealing it. Yeah, you would. If there are questions about if, like, water cremation or any other services are legal in your state, you can actually visit a website called nolo.com, N-O-L-O.com, and they have a whole page where they talk about specifically um, the alkaline hydrolysis or the water cremation if there are uh, restrictions in your state. They also mention if it's even accessible in your state, because there are a lot of states where it's legal or just not talked about anywhere. Um, But obviously, if it's not accessible, it's not accessible. And right now, Aquamation is only available in uh, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Kansas, Maine, Maryland, Minnesota, Missouri, Oregon, Nevada, Utah, and Wyoming. That's it. And I will say, I know that there is an aquamation place here in Seattle, but they only do pets. They can't do humans. Ah, well, at least it's like a foot in the door. I feel like if you can do your pet. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Then hopefully the humans will come along soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like sneak one in there. Like, oh, it's just a really big dog. Oops, <laughs> Frank fell in. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but look how good he looks now. <laughs> I'm also excited to see like physician assisted suicide become more accessible. Yeah. That conversation comes up every couple of years, but mm-hmm. really needs to be a much bigger conversation. It's absurd to be like, no, you can't die. The law is that you are not allowed to die. <laughs> Listeners, if you have any recommendations on what you'd like to hear on the show, or if you have a topic that you'd 
um, like for us to dive into a little bit more about, please let us know. Huge thanks to Don, who is our new social media manager. She's fucking crushing it. Thank you, Don. You are so helpful. Uh, Huge thanks to Drew, who is, as always, our badass Darkwing editor. (laughs) And Graveface for providing uh, the music for all of our shows. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Yep. You can hit us up at Sirens Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Sirens Pod on Instagram or email us at sirens at sirensofscream.com. And just tossing in there that uh, we will have a couple of extras coming out this month that will talk about uh, Black History Month and the fact that it is Women in Horror Month. So look forward to those. Yes! I think that if anybody has a particularly good plan for what they want, done with their body i'd love for them to tell us on social i'm really curious yeah we we definitely want to hear it (laughs) yes tell us us jackie where can our listeners find clues to as to where you hide your bodies they're never gonna find those bodies but they can look for those clues (laughs) on uh instagram and twitter at jackie the robot nice sierra where can our listeners go to polish your headstones (laughs) at sierra hauk on instagram and twitter and I collect all of my bones and post them at Blue Ironworker on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. And please let us know what do you want done when you yeet this life. <laughs> <laughs>